0: Welcome back to NHP, John Zella, James Nichols here with you. Some breaks here and there. We were talking just before we hit record about if we're ready or not, and we hit pause on the conversation so that we could do it here. It, it, <laughs> are you are you ready for the season? Like, are you you're ready to watch hockey again? It's still kind of warm out. We're getting into
1: weird weather season. It's yeah. Going back and forth. Are are you ready? You ready to get back? I was anyway? just. I was just telling you, the weather here is so bipolar. It was 90 degrees yesterday, 70 today. Like, that's a rapid drop pretty quickly. Um, I'm like not ready to let go of summer. Like, I was enjoying my time that I had to myself, but I'm also craving hockey again. Like, I miss watching games. I miss, you know, breaking down plays, you know, just I just miss everything about hockey right now. So it's like, I'm I'm in this weird middle area where I want to do both so bad. (laughs) So I guess you could say in a way, in my own way, I'm ready.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we were also talking about just having something Islanders to talk about. That wasn't just kind of the rehashed news over and over. I forget what you you had said. It was the recycled, the recycled news cycle. Yeah. Just, just recycled news of, what was going on, or what wasn't going on this summer? So it'll be interesting to kind of look ahead, which is exactly what we're going to do yeah. this episode. Um, starting off, so we have we had a couple of uh, Twitter questions we had we had posted that the other day, and a couple people uh, asked us questions. They were both named John, um, <laughs> so this is not my like alter ego pseudonym thing, and <laughs> I'm just trying to get extra questions make us look like we're popular. Um, these are, these are actual people, I guess you can go look for yourself or maybe it doesn't matter. Um, and you, and you believe us. Um, but the, the first question we had, we had had this in our, um, in our content brief here anyway, but John Filippelli asked, do the Islanders make the playoffs? James, why or why
1: not? Yes. They do. I'm not even going to hesitate. There's no, this is tough for me, nothing like that. Just straight up, yes. I'm a firm believer that last season was a result of the plethora of obstacles that became too much for the team to overcome by the time they were out of the thick of said obstacles. Um, Add the fact that they'll be the most well-rested, and think about this, John, they're going to be the most well-rested they've been since losing in the second round of the 2019 playoffs. That was Trotz's first year. They had a normal summer after that, which was shorter than, you know, say, the teams that didn't make the, the playoffs or the, or the first round of the playoffs. But that was the last time that they had a normal season was the 2019 playoffs after they, they got eliminated in the second round. Um, add the fact that they're going to have a more mo- mobile blue line. I'm a firm believer that Romanov is going to be a huge upgrade to the back end. Um, I know he's just one player, but... It's it's going to change a lot on on how they're going to be able to play, um, and then add the elite goaltending that they're still going to have, and I, I think they're it's going to be even better this year because you you see already you know Sorokin's already in the Vezina favorite conversation, so I, I think another year of him is going to be uh, is, is going to do the Islanders well, um, and I think that will be enough to get them to the playoffs. But I also think that last season was underwhelming for. And this is something that we've spoken about at nauseum, but, you know, we'll, we'll rehash it just shortly for the sake of this question. Um, uh, plenty of forwards who played underwhelming last season. I think they'll come into this, you know, training camp into the season with chips on their shoulders. And, you know, there's there's a lot of bounce back potential for a lot of players here. And, you know, you, you're 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 sitting here and saying a lot of these things have to go right. But also so many things went wrong last year that there's too much pride and too much heart in that locker room that I can't see them not bouncing back. And I'm looking at guys like Paul Mary, Bovillier, Wallstrom. So we're not talking about a bad team here. That's that's the thing. Like we're talking about a team that was good for three out of the last four seasons. So many things got in their way last year. And some some self-inflicted, some that they couldn't control. And, and the thing that I I I also want to talk about, or I, the, the question I want to ask rather is, you know, look at Vegas. Why are people asking the same questions about them when in, in reality they were in the same spot last year, right? They they missed the playoffs because of so much that was out of their control, right? Nobody can control how many injuries they, they faced last season, yet they're still, according to like the Vegas odds, favorites to make the playoffs, so why are we not having that same conversation about the Golden Knights? I think on on its face I can
0: understand that comparison. Vegas and you know they they're going to go into the season with some goalie problems. Um I'm not major sure Major goalie problems. Major goalie problems and they just signed the I say just um with air quotes like when Aiden Hill I don't know I don't know that he's necessarily the answer even when some of the other Goalies, uh Bruce Wall, whatever comes back. And they're definitely in, in an uphill battle. They they lose Apache Apache Reddy. They do have an Eichel who is now going to be probably the healthiest he's been in a number of years. Um they they it's been, I don't know what the vibe is on that team. Like I I don't know how they're going into this season necessarily. I I can't remember. I'm gonna uh look up the roster as I'm as I'm speaking here. I think it's it's a little bit different of a conversation just based on the the roster, what what Vegas has done to their roster versus what the Islanders have done. Um, that
1: might be where kind of people are choosing them. Yeah, it's it's like the the only sheer difference here is the Islanders don't have, and, and this is I don't even know if you can say they don't have, but they don't have a Jack Eichel, right? Is Matt Barzell maybe, maybe close to being able to be a Jack Eichel? You would think that this would be the season he breaks out to be that kind of a star. Um, you know, do they have a Mark Stone? Do they have an Alex Petrangelo? And, and I get all that, but I, I don't feel like they're far from it. I'll I'll put something in your on your side of the coin
0: on this one and say that the Islanders are definitely more of a full team than yes. Vegas is. They don't Islanders absolutely, and this is what you could say about most teams versus the Islanders. Most top end teams versus the Islanders, Tampa versus versus the Islanders in the two conference finals. um, Against most teams, they didn't even against the Flyers um, in that seven game series. I can't remember which was it two years ago, I guess. um, During the the bubble in Toronto, the Islanders didn't really have an answer for like Voracek Drew. Right. Like they didn't have that one to one. Maybe Barzell with one of them, but the combination like Everly was streaky. You just had a bunch of players. Maybe Brock Nelson. Like, so up the middle, they were good, but you didn't really have like no one was choosing two Islanders over Drew and Fortcheck And that would have been pretty like just on their face, what they can produce, all that kind of stuff. But as a team, that's where the Islanders shine.
1: Yeah. And, top, and- top to bottom, they're deeper.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can, we can argue about whether whether or not the there's too many bloated contracts in the middle, but it makes them a deep team. And you know, we've jokingly said, or I've jokingly said at least, you know, they have three second lines, and they may continue to have that. But that's a lot more than other teams, right? If you can, depending on what the lineup is, and I think we're going to talk about that at least a little bit later, um, and, and touch on it in our Lane Lambert uh, question segment, whatever. That's i think that's where the islanders can really get get over some other teams where yeah they're second or even third line, they're still coming at you with that, that veracity and that energy, and it's just slightly different, but the skill is still there. If it's not Barzell, it's Nelson who can score 37 goals. That's not really a drop off, right? These lines that can do that if if Palmieri and Pajot, if that's that's part of the third line with Parise. That's still a really good third line. You still have two guys there. Um, really three guys there that can score 15 20 goals. Like they're still capable of that. They have tons, tons of energy. It's really hard to argue with that. So I'm maybe I'm in more in your camp than when you originally when you first said that about Vegas. Um I but I think the argument against the Islanders in this case, or rather for Vegas. I don't know what that for Vegas means against the Islanders, but why the odds makers would do that is just like they're they're due. They're gonna come back. They have some goalie issues. Right. I, I I liken right. them a lot to uh, Washington in the East.
1: They have yes. some goalie
0: issues. They're they're they have a lot of players at the top. Backstrom is also gonna be an issue. Um, but they're I don't even know that they have quite the depth that Vegas has. So I don't obviously they're a no. different conference and um, and all that. And, you know, I wouldn't really bet against Ovechkin. Um, the same way as I wouldn't bet against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. True. So Vegas is a lot like that. I mean, they're a lot like the Penguins too. A lot of top end goalies are questionable. Back end is whatever. Um, Vegas does have a decent back end. Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore McNabb. That's really not a bad top
1: four. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's you didn't even mention Haig. There. I like Haig a lot. He's he's on the uh, – where he should he, – I think he's listed on their IR right now. But yes. He, he'll be healthy to start the year. Um,
0: according to cap friendly, unsigned, which is a different different thing. But uh, yeah, I
1: think I think he's still unsigned. Actually, you might be right.
0: Um, and they are at the top. They're they have ten million dollars to figure out, um, and not really sure how they're gonna clear that. But back. Oh yeah, they got so
1: much cap issue right now.
0: Yeah, so that's that's interesting. And I do want to I do want to make mention that like we're I really don't want to you know. And I was thinking about this. I was listening listening to thirty two thoughts today. Like my first hockey podcast in weeks. Um, and they started talking about, like, oh, this player and he's an RFA. And, th- and I was like, I- there's nothing I would want to talk about less right now than, like, oh, this player's going to be an RFA. And, like, is he trade bait? And, like, <laughs> what are they going to do with the thing? And which teams over the cap? And who can the Islanders snag on the way? I- no, nah, it's September. We will we pass that. We- We're not only past that, we will report on it and analyze it when it happens. I refuse <laughs> in September to speculate this after a whole summer, spec it is nothing could be less worth my time. Okay. But the real question here
1: is who are the Islanders trading for at the trade deadline when they obviously are in the hunt? I, (laughs) I almost threw up in
0: my mouth. I'm like, I'm just so I'm so over that idea. And so I, I, you know what? I had to stop myself. I was cooking dinner, listening to 32 thoughts and I'm like, you know, Jeff Merrick's doing his thing, and I started thinking, like, oh, this player on the Islanders, and is blah, and I was like, no, it's not no, that is no, I just like I stopped myself. And I didn't even. I was like, I don't even want to have this thought in my head. I forgot exactly what it was. I was like, I don't even want this thought in my head later on the podcast in fear of saying it on accident. Um, so we will not be doing that. I don't. No. I really. I don't want to hear about who's our nope nope JT Miller. I don't want to hear none of that. I think that's what they were talking about. That's what got me thinking. Um. <laughs> nope. Don't want to talk about nope. any of that. No potential. I, I don't even care. We're. I want to go. We're. We're gonna go through September. We're gonna do this. This episode, and whatever happens next. This is the roster we have. We are dealing with it. We'll see what happens at camp. Rookies. Blah blah. blah. This is what we're looking at. I just. So if you're if you're looking for that, I'm really sorry. That's just not what we're gonna do. We are exhausted. No. Yeah. By that, even having taking a little bit of a break and all i'm exhausted by i guess we did twitter spaces so we like kind of did everything um in, in august we really didn't get as much of a break as we
1: we thought but just as a yeah, little we,
0: disclaimer like we, we really don't need to do that
1: we satisfied our appetite and then some there so we're gonna we're gonna leave it you know digest a little bit but one one question i have for you actually was i don't know if you saw the question on uh circulator on twitter today a bit of a sidebar here Sure. Um, but you mentioned Brock Nelson before, and it, it just uh, triggered a, um, a reminder in my brain. There was like a little bit of conversation on whether Nelson can have a repeat performance this season. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts there on? I mean, obviously, he scored 37 goals um, first time he's eclipsed 30. But what are your what are your thoughts there on a repeat performance from Nelson? I, th- I think he's, you know, he's consistently been
0: like a 25 goal guy. 25, 30 goals. Yeah. I don't know about 37. That has more to do with the, the players around him.
1: I, I think, um, actually, if I'm not mistaken, the question was more geared towards can he hit 40. I don't know. Like I,
0: like I said, maybe maybe I'm just in, like, not speculation mode at all. I mean, this is more just, like,
1: having fun. and This is analyzing I actual...
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think no, I think he's a twenty-five. Year. I I mean, if there was going to be an outlier season, it sucks that it was in a down year for the entire team, and, and he kind of pops off a little bit. Um, he's consistently been a 25, 30 thirty-goal guy. Um, or you know, twenty-five goals. He's been really yeah. consistent. At least you know he's at had 18, 18 goals in fifty-six games in in the shortened season. He had twenty-six the year before that in sixty-eight games. He's on a really good pace, and that was his best pace of his career. Um, at, yeah. at that point, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's he's a 25 30 goal guy and more in that 25, literally 25 26 range. Um, yeah. poss- possibly more. Um, yeah, I mean, that, the I think, one I don't know about 40. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. I mean, I think that also assumes yeah. that, um, I mean, I guess he did. He had he had thirty seven goals, and there wasn't really anyone around him that racked up thirty assists, right? Like it's Lee or Nelson or or Bailey. Like there wasn't anyone really like that. So I guess he can kind of do it on his own. And he didn't have like a ton of hat tricks. He had one. Um, I don't know how many two goal games he had, but thirty seven in seventy two is really fucking good. So he had a four goal game, if I'm not mistaken. So all right, a hat trick, uh, a hat trick plus one. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I I firmly put him as a twenty five goal guy. I mean, like he's he's pretty much money in the bank for that. Can he do thirty twice? Let's do that. I'm not worried about forty. Can you do thirty two seasons in a row? Yeah. From there, I'm down with thirty. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to to downplay anything either. I, I think it's just. I think well, he could here's be a 30, the thing. I think he could be a based on um, two shortened seasons where he was on pace for. Uh, what it looked like more than 30 or around 30. Um and yeah. then 37 last year. Yeah, I mean, let's get to 30 first and then then we'll talk about 40. Let let him do 32 years in a row. And then yeah. how many games are left? Can he score 10 more goals in 25 games?
1: No, I hear you. The thing I look at is uh, his shooting percentage, right? 14.9 in 2019-20 when he scored 26 and 68, 14.9 when 18 and 56 last season or two seasons ago. And then last season, 21.6. Oh, I, that's switched.
0: not that's not sustainable.
1: So that's I mean, like he an has outlier to shoot. for regression there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what anyone would tell you is the whole team needs to shoot the puck more. Yeah. You're this is like a, a Tage Thompson type thing, right? That they just got yeah. signed seven million seven uh, years, <laughs> cha dollars. Yeah, cha ching. Um you know what? And you can question that contract in Buffalo Sabres and blah, 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 blah all you want, but he shot more than he's like ever shot in his career. So that's, that's, you need volume. You need, you need to shoot the puck. And
1: yeah. did what's, well, what, how many shots did Nelson have last season? Um, He had 171 in 72 games. And is, is that uh, an increase that's... versus other years? that's 50 more than last season but in in about uh 15 le- uh less games uh he had 175 in 68 in 2019 20 so he's sitting relatively close right like 171 175 181 138 173 like you know yeah, you, you could say he sits in the 150 to 170 range in yeah shot.
0: he's I think he's
1: if he can shoot
0: the puck more and stay at 15%. That's fine. Then oh my God, he might he had
1: 190 in 2014-15. Why don't I remember that? <laughs>
0: uh that was a long First of all, it was a long time ago, so let me yeah. start there. Um that was a down year for the islands, or was that one of the years No, that was one of the years that the the Islanders made the the playoffs two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. Or that was 2015.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then the that next year they beat Florida. Florida. Yeah.
1: No,
0: no. No. Six. 2016 was Florida.
1: 15. 16 no. I'm saying the, nec- the no, next. I'm saying the next season. The next year was for- Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was like one of those two years in a row where they they made they lost the uh, the Lightning in 2015. Yeah. In the, in the um in the first round and they lost to the Lightning in the second round the next year. Um. Yeah, I mean, like he's going to regress in the shooting percentage, and that's fine as long as he shoots the puck more. So I think he 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 shot as like 170 shots around that has been where he's he's found a lot of success in in kind of that range. There's a lot like Thomas Grice, where he has like a sweet spot on like games played and all that. Yeah, um, like 43 games, he win like 39 of them it was crazy. Um, <laughs> not quite that good, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, as long as he can do that, i, I mean, I shoot at fifteen percent. Maybe shoot, maybe have twenty more shots by the end of the season. You know, he missed ten games too, so forget that. So he's easily—he yeah. could have easily been a forty-goal guy. Um, missing ten games at three goals—that's—that's that's super. That—that's not that big of a deal, especially shooting it almost twenty-two percent. Um, yeah, and yeah, you know, he didn't really have any like crazy ice time. Um. Did and he had I mean he had eleven power play goals. That's not gonna hurt. Um and that might be no. where he really can get his cookies this year. If he, if he's gonna get over that 30 goal mark or hit the thirty goal mark two seasons in a row, that's that's certainly um yeah. gonna be where he where he does that. Um I, I mean I'll I'll keep it short on my end for whether or not the Islanders make the playoffs. I think they're a wild a second wild card team. I, I think they're they're gonna be fighting with um with Pittsburgh and Washington for for that second wild card spot. Um, last season, both divisions had four teams make make the postseason. Um, I suspect that'll be the same again. Um, who did you have? So we, we're going to do predictions as well uh, in this episode. So this is like a full season preview kind of thing. Um, who what order do you have the teams
1: in in for Metro Division? So I, I think – and I thought about, I thought this about the, the Hurricanes before the Ready news that he was going to be out for like six months. But I still think that they're the strongest team in the division. Um, so I'll have them first. I think the Rangers take another step forward this year. This is like – this is a big year for them because they have a bunch of contracts that are coming off the books um, or that need to be resigned for next season. And it's going to be a big summer for them next summer – um, in order to keep, you know, their big names together. So this is going to be a year where I think that they try to make a big push to uh, get it done with this group. So I think that they're they're going to be second. Um, I have Pittsburgh third. I, although, I, I, like, I didn't love them re-signing Malkin to four years, uh, Latang to six, but, like, you know, I still think that they're a stronger team than Washington, who I have later. So I put Pittsburgh third, um, and then I have the Islanders fourth. I think that they're, that's either going to be wild card one or two there, like you said. Um, and then after that, Washington, who I think could easily flip places with New Jersey, who I think is going to be much improved. Um, so fifth is Washington. Sixth is the Devils to me. I think that they, they could jump Washington. I, for me, I think Washington is a Ovechkin. Backstrom's going to be hurt, so it's Ovechkin, it's Backstrom. No, I'm sorry, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Carlson, and Oshie. Right, Tom Wilson and and Oshie is
0: yeah, and Oshie is still kind of like.
1: And then I want him on
0: our team, but I don't. I don't think
1: he's like a huge huge threat. but after that, I think it's a large drop off, right? And you don't know what you're going to get with Darcy Kemper when he's healthy, he's good, but is he going to be healthy? That's the that's the question. Right. Whole new goaltending system there. Right. Uh, yeah. Vanacek's gone. Samsonov's gone. So it's Kemper. And I, I don't know who the backup is right now. Honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think that Washington is is far less good than they were last year. Um, You know, they still have Alex Ovechkin. So we'll see. Um, But I so I could see I could see New Jersey jumping Washington. Then I have Columbus 7th uh and Philly eighth. Philly is I don't know what's going on there. But um you know the one team to me here is the, is the Devils they could be you know are they going to take a huge step and maybe leap everybody this year and push for the playoffs maybe. The other team, you know, look, Columbus got Johnny Gaudreau. Could they surprise us all? Maybe, but I know that they have uh Cole Sillinger who's going to be in the lineup. Uh Ye- Ye- Yegor, Ch- Chinikov, Kent Johnson, those, those are all rookies or second-year players. Yep, really young team, very young team. They're going to be very good. I just don't think they're there yet. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau doesn't hurt, but I think that that's like a long-term thing there. Um, yeah, th- I think they have to get together out. as a team. and That's a
0: lot of, again, where the Islanders sit where versus other teams. This is a team that's been together longer as this much of a unit. Than other teams they've been together longer than a lot of other teams right you know yeah. Goudreau yeah obviously that's going to help but um, they've they've a really young forward group average age 26 um, they do have Voracek who's still really good um, Nyquist is really good you know they still have Patrick Laine. forget about you know forget about that um, Goudreau Line like
1: yeah he just signed for four years
0: yeah and and he's going to be around so Goudreau Line um and and you know Roslovik's no joke. They're like they they definitely could. It's just can they come together? Cole Sillinger, he's he's still really young, he's 18. Um can can they come together as a team? Can they make all that work? Um I think the you know the good part about a good metro division is that um it helps rack up losses for every team. So it kind of keeps that yeah. cushion for everybody, as long as the islanders can kind of Win a couple more than the other teams. I know that's like obvious, like analysis. Like, um, you can yell at me in the comments, but they, they, they don't need to. Do, Islanders don't need to do anything crazy. Like I said about last season, there was one or two wins a month, like one, one win a month more, maybe two in one month. Different. Like you're not talking. You're like, you're talking about really, really small difference in what their results were if that also meant other teams are beating other teams in front of them and and Washington lost some games, you know, the last wild card spot could be in the low nineties. It, it really depends. I don't think every team like last year is hundred plus.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I, I the, the division
0: with New Jersey being a little bit better with Columbus being a little bit better. You know, um, it really just depends on the rest of the division. Ottawa is, is going to be better as well. Oh, yeah. um, I don't He's know right. about, you know, like, yeah, Detroit's going to be much better, so you don't really have like, you kind of expect Buffalo every year to like, alright, they can't be that bad again. So you kind of have like, Philly and Montreal, maybe Buffalo, can the Sens put it together, can Columbus put it together, can New Jersey put it together? You know, you're kind of looking at some of the, the top teams to fall a little bit. Again, Pittsburgh, Washington, who knows, they can easily switch. Pittsburgh's had really awful goaltending luck with with health, and then when even when they're healthy, they haven't been particularly good. Um, so between Washington and Pittsburgh, that's that's a complete toss-up to me. Um, the Rangers went through a little bit of an overhaul as well. I mean, they lost guys like Vitrano that were really vital to them during that that playoff run last year, but they gain a, a a Trocheck. Um, they lose a Strome, um, but they gain. I can't remember off the top of my head. I just had it. Um, you know, like they they've had some players in and out, and I, and I think their goaltending—if they can can it carry them again—is is the question. Um, their back end's gonna be good. Truba, Fox, um, Lindgren, uh, Keandre Miller is great. That's a that's a great top four. Um, so on on defense and in goal, they're good. They've you know solidified themselves up the middle considerably with Trocheck. Um. Can the rest of it put them together? I I kind of agree with you. They're definitely a top team in, in the division. Um, but it's a little more equal. It's it's more oh, equal yeah. now than it is, you know, Carolina and New Jersey may be ahead of the the fray, and you're really just dealing with really three through um three and four. The three fourth York, spots New Jersey, Carolina and New York. Yes, Carolina and New York. So I was looking at New Jersey. Um, Carolina, New York, and then it's really Pittsburgh, New York, Washington. Um, and again, who could who, who could surprise and who can really fall off? Um, people have been saying about Pittsburgh and Washington forever, like they're in until they're not. So yeah. it, is is it finally the year where they fall off and don't make the playoffs with uh, with Crosby or Um
1: You know, you mentioned the the Rangers goaltending, and and um, I obviously they're not as good as the Islanders. Goaltending is because I again it's been spoken about as probably the best tandem in the NHL right now. But they got Yaro Holak to back up Igor Shusterkin, and that's that's a pretty decent uh backup. He's not a 1B, he's definitely a backup to, to Shusterkin. But even even after that, they also brought in Louis Domingue, who had an excellent playoffs last season. Do you remember that? Like he came yeah. in in a pinch and really helped out. Who, who, was it the Lightning? No, who, who Pittsburgh. Did it it Pittsburgh. Yes, thank you. I don't know why. Because it's spicy that.
0: pork. Yeah, yeah, that and was he... it.
1: That was it. Thank you. <laughs> but he did so well, and and like, look, yeah. he's not a starting goaltender by any means, but like, there's some good depth there. So, you know, I'm not not saying it would be ideal if if Shisterkin goes down for the Rangers, and they'd be like, oh, it's fine, we have Halak and Domingue, but they could at least survive.
0: That's, I think that's, I think that's right. And they're going to ride Tristurkin as long as they can there. That's yeah, just exactly. going to be the name of the game. I think, um, the Islanders have that luxury where they can split things up. Sorokin is behind considerably, like enough to notice, uh, behind Tristurkin and at least games played in the NHL. So while they're both pretty even for the most part, Tristurkin has that games played edge and has proved that consistency. So this is Sorokin's year to really really prove it. Um and it's really Varlamov's year to prove it too. Like like we've said before, maybe he comes back and we're not gonna go into all his detail and whatever. And you know, it's possible he comes back on a cheap deal and it's a, a prove it year for him too. So I think yeah. that's that bodes well for the Ionders. They both goalies still need to prove something um to themselves to the team to other teams in, in the league if you're Varlamov possibly after the season. So I, I think that that's something that's in a huge advantage for the Islanders. Um I definitely agree one way or another their back end is, is improved. Um it's certainly younger, and that's that's great. Uh, that's what we were asking for all last season. So that's that's awesome. Um we're gonna get to some of the other some of the specifics on who some of the other players might be in, in a few minutes. Um Quick trivia. How many Went more trigger. games
1: played? How many more games played does Igor can have than Ilya Surogin?
0: It's under fifty. Thirty-five.
1: Final answer. Twenty-nine. Final answer. Okay, that was better.
0: Twenty-six. Okay, yeah, that's in the that's in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not, it's not a crazy amount. And and consider also that, that Sorokin although maybe Sorokin caught up this offseason, but um, Sorokin did have a number of games played in the in the playoffs um oh, yeah. the, the year before. So it's maybe that's a wash, but um yeah, that that battle is fantastic. I'm really I'm really happy that oh, both yeah. both teams it's going to be I hope the Islanders are good and the the Rangers kind of continue on their path. So that both teams are good. Like it's so much more exciting in yeah. in sports when it's like when the New York teams are doing good and they, and then they finally play against each other. It makes it way more exciting. Love it. We're gonna take a quick break. A little bit of water. You're gonna listen to some great ads. DraftKings new sponsor. New sponsor Raycon. James got him in right now. Unreal. Make sure you use the thpn uh, link. In the description we'll make sure we have it i have to find it but i'll put it in there um so we're gonna take a, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick
1: break and uh we'll be back with questions facing the team this episode of nasa and hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. football fans the first sunday of the nfl season is here and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is giving new customers a can't miss offer to celebrate the return of the nfl season Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nassim and Hockey is also brought to you by Raycon. Lately, John and I have been listening to a lot of hockey podcasts, and it's been great. One reason it's been so great to listen to? Well, because we use Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. The Raycon wireless earbuds John and I both use offer three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and my personal favorite feature, the awareness mode that lets you hear outside of the earbuds when they're in your ears while listening to songs, podcasts, video games, whatever you're using your Raycon wireless earbuds for. Not only have I been using my Raycon wireless earbuds to listen to podcasts, but I've also been using them to listen to music, play video games, watch TV shows, Pretty much anything audio related that I need. So go to buy raycon.com slash THPN today to get fifteen percent off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN.
0: Okay, so I wrote an article the other day, uh, three questions facing the team. And I thought it was so good that we should talk about it. Um Love on it. the pot on the on the podcast. Uh Little double dip here, but I, I think um and there probably are some other questions too, you know. Can now like as you as we said in the first half, um, can Nelson repeat or at least hit 30 goals again? I'm sure there's some other ones. Sorokin, Varlamov, yada yada. I'm sure we can we can do that, but um, I think first and foremost, you know, the the roster is is set in you know, like 98, 99 set. Um, but the man behind the bench. Um, and some of the associates are a little bit different going into this season. And that's a big question, I think for a lot of fans, um, something that, that some fans are kind of putting some bad energy out there and saying that that'll be one of Lamorello's biggest mistakes. If the Amas don't do well, um, they're they're going to immediately point to Lambert. It'll be hard not to, frankly, if it's the same roster and, you know, walks like a duck, talks like a duck and all of a sudden, you know, what's different here, um, you just you can easily point to one person, um, as far as that's concerned. And that might even save Lamarel's job, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know it's it's easy. We do that every time. I do that every time. Um Lane Lambert. Uh question from John Mac Isaac. Does Lambert experiment with the lines? And to <sighs> what degree can he do that?
1: Yeah. That's a good question. And I feel like the answer has to be he has to try, right? What does that look can, like? Can you bring back the same lineup as last season that just couldn't get out of their own way, right? Are you going to put Bavillier back with with Nelson and Bailey, the killer B line that at one point you know, owned that name and then largely just couldn't, aside from nelson you know find the back of the net um paul mary with with and it's tricky because he was up and down a lot of really the the question and answer starts and begins with who's going to play with matthew barzell and and, and after that's you what, figure that's what that out all the pieces fall into place
0: that's what i wrote um yeah after that's chosen that's going to dictate the rest of the the rest of the lineup, and at first, when I I wrote and I and I edited myself that depending on what happens on the first line dictates the second line, but I really went down, you know, as we discussed over the summer, it's possible Palmieri gets a shot on that first line again, and that Wallstrom doesn't pass him. Yeah, that Wallstrom doesn't make it on the first line. Yeah, um, and I that's we switched positions a little bit. I'm going. Put it. Put a line together of twenty five and under. Bavillier, Barzell, Wallstrom. I'm, you know what? And just just go with the kids, and then you have two veteran. You have three veteran lines after that.
1: Let I'm so him, back and give forth him, on it. Give like them today. Rope. I'm like, yeah, let's do it.
0: <laughs> you know, my my instinct is to just say, give them the rope. Try it in training camp. Let them get a few games. Um, eventually, I think to to answer John's question. Yes, he'll experiment. It just cannot be for very long. Eventually that's well said. Eventually they just need to stick with something until it's really not working. And I'm not talking about way out of a playoff spot, they've lost ten games in a row and it's like, oh, I guess we should change something. But like let it let some it's early in the season, like let it work itself out. You but you you can't just keep changing and keep changing. It's something Barzell had said. Where just like there was no consistency in the lines. Um so other players it, have said that too. So like you gotta eventually
1: choose something. So the thing for me is we, we saw with Trots right? And look, I'm not a Hall of Fame coach, and I thought he was fantastic, and I nothing bad to say about him. I do I think he should have been fired, maybe, maybe not, but it's what it is. Um the one thing he did hesitate to do though was you know change the lineup. And it was just really Matthew Barzell who didn't have steady line mates, but like the second line stayed together most of the time, the third line stayed together most of the time. Like it was interesting to me to see, you know, uh, Josh Bailey not having a good game and Oliver Wahlstrom also not having a good game, but Josh Bailey getting 19 minutes the next night and Oliver Wahlstrom sitting on the bench or in in the in the press box. That didn't make sense to me. The The thing with Lambert and I think one of his strengths and one of the reasons why he's now behind the bench is because he has the history and the the track record of being uh successful in developing these younger guys looking at Evgeny Kuznetsov looking at John Carlson who he helped develop looking at um uh, Tom Wilson who you know when Lane Lambert got there with Barry Trotz turned him into a 20 goal scorer after he was just largely a fourth line goon um and now he's a first-line goon. And now he's a first-line goon, but he scores you 20-25 goals, and you know, that's you're not gonna complain about that as a Washington Capitals fan. So that's that's the the thing, right? Like the major difference here needs to be is Lane Lambert going to develop the youth and give them the opportunity, and like you said, which was extremely well said, he needs to find the happy medium of giving them the opportunity to work out the kinks on the ice in the games, but also not letting it go so long that it hurts the team and puts them in a hole.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's, again, my instinct is to go with, like, a really young first line and then go veteran the rest of the way. I think that's I think that's totally fine. And then yeah, give, I, give people a shorter leash. You know, you can switch around Wallstrom and Palmieri and then have Bavillier, Barzell, Palmieri. I don't think that's a bad line. Um, no. that's not a that's not a particularly strong defensive line but the rest of your lineup is like I, I think that's where the balance and like some of some of those things you, you have to one of your lines has to be a scoring line like they're going to be you can't just have every line be balanced like that I
1: right. get it I,
0: it worked for a long time but if you didn't add any offense to your roster you have to put more of the offensive players together and create something
1: you don't need to play defense when you have the puck in the attacking zone, you know, so it's that's like, it,
0: that's entire. Yes. I mean, there's something, there's definitely something to that. I just, I wonder what, you know, I think it's really tough when you had really like the, the fourth line. We don't really need to discuss that. Although we'd like to see Johnson get a few more games in for Martin and let him keep his, I'd rather Martin be ready. Um, I, ra- I, the, this they should split the games, frankly, you know, they should know mel- <laughs> uh, Roland Mellison and And Billy Smith, it. And then for the playoffs, just put Martin in. You know, like let him get, let him stay rested for the playoffs and let him do his thing. Um, Don't, you know, let, if you're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be because that fourth line is really ready to go and that energy is there there, and that identity is there. So split the games or like something like that, 60 40, whatever. Um, Get, get Johnson some minutes on your payroll, like get him in some games and rest Martin a little bit. What's hard for me is, Pajot and Palmieri played well together and Lee and Nelson played well together. So then it really left me with Bailey Parise. I'm sorry, Bailey, Bavillier, Wallstrom for those last three spots. Um, Parise being with, again, that is a veteran third line. That'd be a really good line. Um, Pajot, Parise, Palmieri. Um, Also just the, you know, P3 line. I think that's a great nickname. So, P cubed or whatever um (laughs) we need more we need better yeah we need third power (laughs) yes we need we need some better nicknames um on the end. that's certainly not it i'm not advocating for that but there's potential somebody could figure it out so like you really only have three spots to work with so you're kind of just rearranging deck chairs at that point like where do these three players fit in maybe palmieri if you want to add in a fourth one just to like Get more of a veteran presence on that first line. I just don't know if that's necessary. I'd ra- again, I'd rather just go with the youth. The rest of your lineup is defensively sound. They'll do their thing. You know, it's pretty much set it and forget it. A line of Lee Nelson Bailey, and then the B Cubed line is isn't nothing's going on. Nothing's going wrong there. Don't start the first line defense in the defensive zone. That's that is your only. As a coach, that is your only job at that point. Yeah. Let him do their yeah, thing. No,
1: I'm with you with the first line mixture too. Like start with, you know, start with Bavillier uh, with with Barzell and Wallstrom. And, and I say Bavillier on the first line because I, I go back to that conversation we have with Shana Goldman, right? Where she was like, if you're going to have this player play to his best potential, put him with your best players. And that would be with Matthew Barzell. And is that also Oliver Wallstrom? I, we'll see. You know, he maybe shoot he, the he just get him the right.
0: goddamn puck. Bavillier oh, goes to the, the net. Barzell sets him up. Go, 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 go.
1: It's like, they, and that's the thing they can che- both.
0: It, it's almost a cheat code. Like that line they can, can almost both be a go, cheat
1: go, code. go, go, go. Right. That's the thing oh, Bavillier oh, and Barzell can skate circles around everyone, and yeah, all Walsham can, has to do is get get open and shoot. They
0: need to push the pace, and then they need Walsham just needs to find an open space.
1: Yeah. So I, I go I go back to that, and I think you're right. Put those three together, and if it doesn't work. Palmieri, I think, would be very successful in, in Wallstrom's spot as well on that yeah. on that
0: line. So and then you can if you really wanted if you wanted Bailey, Barzell, Palmieri, that's also not a bad line. That could work. I don't think it doesn't doesn't roll off and scream offense, but it could work. Bailey's a setup guy. If if Barzell can shoot the puck more, if Palmieri can find um his stick early in the season, that's not bad either. Um, and then you, you have the killer, that you have Lieb, Nelson, um, Bavillier, also a really good line. They've played together. They yeah, found success last line. season as well. Prize, Peugeot, uh, Wallstrom, Wallstrom with two veterans um, that works for you defensively. And I think that could work together. Um, Peugeot found here, here some was... success with, with the righty on that side and somebody that could shoot the puck like that. Wallstrom might need to find his legs. Because Pajot and and Parise can move, um, maybe collectively, you know, will uh, on the same level as uh, as Bailey and Bavillier. So in either situation, walsham has got to find
1: his skates this year. He's got to he's got to pick up the pace. I don't know if you saw uh, pictures on on Instagram of Oliver Wallstrom recently. Kid is ripped, like ripped up. Yeah. So. Maybe he's maybe he's going to be a little quicker this season. But here's a here's an interesting proposition somebody had mentioned to me. I forget where and I forget who. So if you're listening to this, feel free to take credit for it. Um, what about and and I don't know how I feel about this yet. I'm still mulling it over. Uh, dropping Parise down to the fourth line. Um, and at some point, we have to know what Kiefer Bellows is. Put him on that third line. So I think. This is where I I would
0: prefer I'm going I'm going uh I'm going to put a pin in that. I I don't like doing that. Like I guess if if clutterbuck or something or somebody's not working, I I uh, they need a rest. Again, I think that's where Bellows and Johnson can
1: really come in. It's who needs a break um splitting some <laughs> but time that's like That's the thing. Bellows role, like he signed he signed a 1.2 million dollar deal. He didn't sign a 1 year 750k he signed a 1.2 million dollar deal why he the he needs to find his moment
0: and he this is I, like I was about to say I think Lambert needs to do a better job than trots in so much as if somebody comes out of the lineup so say the lineup is Bavillier Barzel wallstrom yada 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 what we said if Bavillier goes down, you don't stick bellows on the first line. You don't just like, oh, guys down, stick him in there. I, I was like, for a whole Fame coach, that was always that was a like curious decisions for me. It was like when
1: Walsham continued to get nine minutes, right? So it wasn't.
0: Game. It wasn't like, oh, okay, like how can I keep the the lineup balanced? And you're like, oh, I wonder why this isn't working. I wonder why this guy bellows who hasn't skated in like you know three weeks in an NHL game just can't keep up with Barzell. It's so weird. I like, I don't. What are, you, what are you talking about like at that point you gotta you gotta move that's where you're gonna experiment if, if you're really gonna be doing that if someone isn't playing well somebody gets injured yeah then you gotta yeah all right you gotta move some stuff around a little bit bellows Bavillier goes down he's down for two games he's got a whatever pulled thing all right you move you, you move the lines around a little bit you move Parise up um, who who could play who play has some experience with him. More likely is you're you're moving someone like Bailey up from that second line in Bavillier's spot, and moving Perise up with Lee and and Nelson, and sticking Bellows with a Palmieri and um and Pajot, right? Like that's a little more strategic to me. And maybe none of that makes any sense, but it didn't seem like there was any thought. It was like, oh, okay, this player's down. You stick Bellows in there. And you're wondering why he wasn't having success. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He's a middle right. six player. You're you're putting him in a position. Yeah, he scored. You know, he had two goals against the Devils that one time. It was the Devils. Like you, like that's not. I'm not pointing to that as like, oh, look at this kid's potential. Right. Yeah, he had some vision there. I guess great. Um, he needs to put himself in a better position. So, leaving him on the second or third line, and moving some players around that have played with Barzell, again, you have to make sure you're continuing to complement your first line and putting the players, not only putting the players there that will succeed with Barzell, but the players that Barzell will succeed with. So you have to be able to, that balance yep. is really tricky. Yep. So I, I want, I, I, this is what I want. This is, you know, great kind of circling back to Lambert. That's kind of what I want to see out of him. Something different than Trot. Yeah. Other no, than I, like yeah. literally the strategy and like, maybe having their really young first line and giving them a little more rope, but giving the entire offense a little bit more rope Um, as like a, just an on ice strategy, whatever that means. I don't really know what there's a million ways to go about that. Um, The the defense will be obviously a little bit better. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, But that's something I'd like to see out of Lambert is if you're going to be putting these players in, if Parise goes down, don't put Johnson in there. Like that's what we were seeing last year. Like, Something would happen, and you're like, What why is why is this player here? Yeah. This doesn't make uh, any this doesn't make any sense. It was easier on the back end. I feel like Truts understood that. It was like, oh, uh, Mayfield went down, uh, Grant Hutton. And you were like, Grant Hutton, is he really uh, okay, I guess he's pretty much Scott Mayfield. That makes a whole lot of sense. Um <laughs> like you can just kind of like, okay, I, I understand that that was that isn't exactly one for one, but I was pretty close. On the forward lines, I just didn't see it. And I think we defended trots at the time, and I don't think it's – I think it's still right that he's only able to deal with what he has. Like, he can't just pull out Johnny Gaudreau and be like, ha, look at this, somebody got hurt. He's on the first line now. Like, it doesn't exist. Um, there was no one in the AHL that was just going to, like, fairy dust their way in and be like, ha, look, it's some great player. It just, like, didn't exist for the Islanders. Right. Um at the same time, thinking about a little bit more, if you, if you are going to play Bellows, I think you have to you have to put him in the right spot. It's just not in the first line. Yeah. And he no. just, like, over and over for two seasons, you were sticking
1: Bellows on the first line next to Barzell going,
0: hmm, I wonder why it just won't work like that one game against the Devils. You know?
1: No, but I, I, I do remember doing the research on it. I think I wrote about it at some point that um, Bellows had some pretty good analytics with, brock nelson am i saying he should be a second line player no but you know when he's put in the position to maybe be in the offensive zone a little bit more then he starts to look a little bit better right obviously the the outlier is his defense but i don't know like he signs the contract and his comments at the press conference were like i want to be an impact player i know i can play every night and that's you know what i'm looking to bring next season like obviously that's just you know that that's just Players talking about like yeah i signed a contract i'm excited but it's, it's a prove-it deal
0: yeah, so I, if you're gonna if you're
1: gonna talk the talk you gotta walk the walk
0: i think he's he's really just battling like just without having seen anyone skate yet he's really just battling bailey and parise at the outside of our if i had to guess and Yeah, I mean, you'd you'd prefer to give someone like Wallstrom, who's young, a little more leash, right? That's no, kind of that's kind of our, kind like of our whole deal. point. Like, if 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 three if two players are struggling and their names are Wallstrom and Bailey, um, keep Wallstrom in there. You got to get him over that hump. If he needs a yeah. break, like mentally, yes, take him out. Yeah. I think that's perfectly fine. You don't stick Bells on that first line, as I said though. Like, figure something out. Work work that. Your head coach in the NHL figure figure that part out. Um, I could. Do your job for you, but um, I think at the outset it's kind of like guys like Parise, who's thirty-eight, who can still motor, and he played all eighty-two games last year, and he didn't look worse for it. I mean, he maybe doesn't need the break, but it's gonna be. It might be players like that where who's struggling, how can he get in? He's got to earn a spot. He has to out. Same thing with the how we discuss how we discuss the division and who you who's not making the playoffs right? It's Pittsburgh or Washington. Who's not making the playoffs? I think Pittsburgh has a better chance than Washington just based on depth. Okay, we're, you know, same thing with the offense. Who is he beating out? Who is Bells beating out on that roster? Yeah. That remains to be seen. It would be incredible to me to see him in the opening night lineup. Unless somebody's I injured, just, it just doesn't... He's, he's simply depth that the organization knows, and that's a better... Him and Johnson are a better bet. Than a random guy at 1.2. Yeah, aggravatingly point. aggravatingly so because there were other players to be had at one and a half or 1.2. And we talked about them, and I've since forgotten because it doesn't matter. But that's kind of where you want to, you know, like you could have had a Sonny Milano be in that spot and really push, really push um a Parise a Bavillier at that point, right? Sunny, like that's a different middle six, but like has potential. That's where you could have offered somebody one and a half for one year if you really were gonna do that, yeah, and push and really push the top half of your lineup um and have that creativity and not bring it back a guy like Bellows. and if you're if you're just gonna like let bellows walk, at least you have another pretty sure at RFA after one year in sunny
1: Milano. um I think he's twenty six, so I think he wouldn't be, but you you could be right, I'm not sure.
0: He's a twenty fourteen pick. So he yeah. might be twenty six at this point. That or well, depending he's on how now. It. Or now he's a UFA, right? So you lost RFA. Oh well, there's visibility. also that if you no, you're no. If you walk you, as a,
1: if you get luck. Go as an as an RFA, and you sign with somebody else. I think you become an RFA again after signing. There's like a weird rule. I'm there. not gonna
0: pretend to understand any of that. Yeah. But either way, like all right. So you didn't. You're twenty fifth. When did Bells get drafted?
1: Twenty sixteen.
0: Let your 2016 draft pick walk bring in the 2014 one with a lot more potential. That's shown a lot more. Like, again, we're rehashing shit, like we're recycling. Yeah. But like, my point is, you're talking about the contract. In one point two, if that was really a concern for them, like if that's what they were really thinking, forget about what Bellow signed and his perspective on it, because he's got to fucking prove it. Right. I don't, I don't give a shit. So, uh, yeah, I don't care what he signed for. He still got to prove it. I think that's the the entire lineup. I don't. I'll, yeah. I'll, if. If Bellows comes in and Palmieri is playing like shit and Bellows starts scoring some goals, guess who's sitting? Six million dollar right. player. I right. I super don't care. Um but like if that's what Lamarello is really concerned about, like that critical thinking for me is just like is what I hit myself over the head. Like I don't understand what I don't get what he was thinking there. And it's it's and funny it's though we, confusing.
1: We 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 said that you know, like, oh, who's Bellows competition against? You know, it's it's Parise and it's it's Bailey. For me, Zach Parise, if he's – you have to, I don't know, shoot that guy's leg off on the ice for him to get – to come and off. That's, he,
0: and he and that's is, what I'm saying.
1: Like, like who
0: is who's coming out of the lineup for Bellows?
1: I, there's like 1% chance that Zach Parise gets dethroned by Kiefer Bellows. Like, I don't see it. He just gives – Yeah, it that's what I mean. He's all on every shift, and, like, you'd have to kill that guy to get him off the ice.
0: Yeah, they made, Lamarillo made Lambert's job super easy. It's really hard to fuck with that lineup. You're literally just rearranging the deck chairs on yeah. the Titanic or whatever. I, I don't know where Bellows fits in. I have to, to be perfectly honest. Um, no, I, I hear that. Someone has to go down and then it's a guessing game. Because then it's not about where they fit in after somebody. It's 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 really, like I said, really figuring out where he fits in after somebody goes down. Not a one-to-one. Someone's out put him in. That's, that just yeah. can't be how they move forward. Um, moving to the back end. Um, I think, you know, I, I recently wrote I don't know if it's as easy as as saying Romanov-Dobson as a pairing, although I can't see another way. Uh, Romanov had comments about how he's working with the puck and that made me think maybe he'd be really good next to a guy like Mayfield, but then that second pairing, they're not going to trust somebody like Salo and Dobson to to, to be that second pair. So maybe it, it's more locked in. I I couldn't really decide which which way to go, and it it still left me um, questioning things a little bit. Are will Romanov and Dobson be a pairing, and then what do you think about a potential third pair?
1: Yeah. Um, yes question one i think romanov and dobson will be that pair and, and i think it has a, it, it has to do with a couple of things here one just look at the look at the age of those two they're both 22 years old they're literally born a day apart which is kind of crazy you know i i didn't know that until after i i did the research on it and was typing out their birthdays and i was like holy crap um but they just have the opportunity to grow and, and blossom together to be a prolific defensive pairing in, in the, at the NHL level. Like if, if Dobson continues that direct, that trajectory of, of being that offensive uh, defenseman and he adds even a little bit to his, his defensive game uh, he's clear cut to be a number one at some point Romanov. Look, he's, and I, and I just wrote, you know, a, a five moments you would, you'd love to see from him. Like that guy plays with, Casey's Zika's energy on the blue line, and he hits like, and this was a comparison from, from some broadcasters, Nicholas Friggin Cronwall. Like, that is a combination
0: there.
1: that's what any team wants on their blue line. And the Islanders needed that. And look, if he can add to his game, play offense more, more offensively than he than he did, and continue to be this. Electric on the blue line, like you're looking at two excellent players growing together for a long time. The other thing I, I think of too is the Islanders were just so much better when they finally got Pelic and Pollock back together last season. That's like when things started to turn around for them. Charo was on the ice less, green was on the ice less. They were kind of double shifting those two once Pollock could finally handle it and he was healthy. But the Islanders are just so much better when they're back together. Whether they're the top, you know, defensive pair or, you know, let's just say, for instance, Romanov and Dobson jump them to the top pair, but if they're at least the second pair, whatever, if they're together, they're they're just so much better than they are apart. I and, I agree with that. You know, there's there's don't get me wrong, the possibility that Dobson can play with Pelic, and that's good. That sure, that'll be good. They're good players separately and and probably together, but there's just something with the chemistry between Pellick and Pollock where they're just, they just don't even have to look. They know where each other are.
0: And I think Romanov and Dobson, when you kind of break it down a little bit, not only could be a future number one pair, but could be a lot like Pulak and Pellick in yeah. so much as Dobson has that offensive flair like Pulak and Romanov has the potential to, if he worked on his puck handling skills, um, and breaking out the puck and, and so on could be a lot like Pellick. Um yeah. What if what we've seen from Pellick in you know what I what I just wrote was he's surprisingly good and graceful at ex- escaping from danger um, from oncoming forward checkers. Oh yeah, he's gotten a lot better. And it's it's amazing to see. Frankly, all the Islanders, you know, Andy Green was really good at this, but all the Islanders defensemen they must work on that in their own zone a lot. Because they, they yeah. really know where to go. It was very rare that once the a uh, uh, defender not named Zidane, Zidane Chara, poor guy, a defender not named Chara got the puck, it's a really good chance that they found a way to get out of the zone. Yeah. Um. I don't know about zone exits, and I haven't looked at any of the numbers, but like just from memory, I, rem- I and, and the, really the last few seasons, they really find a way to get out of those dangerous situations with the puck, not just throwing it blindly or anything. Um, and not necessarily finding a partner, like holding owning the puck, as my coach used to say. Own the puck and they find a way to get out of the zone or find a way to move that puck in, in into safety. Um so I think not only can they be a, could they be a top pair, but they could be a, a Palak Pulak light in Romanov and Dobson yeah. and, and if, if with Romanov the potential could to give, grow past them. Right. And yeah, eventually. And I'm again I'm I'm thinking about like this season. I'm like Keeping uh, myself okay. to that's fair. you know the the playoffs and and whatever I'm not going. Um, I'm trying not to go too too beyond that because that's I me, mean, Kendall. It's like speculative and you just like go on and on forever. Um, I kind of want to keep myself in a certain time zone and like not jump to the trade deadline or Thanksgiving. Like go like one week at a time. Really try to analyze this stuff. Um, right. So and, this and, is why we'll acquire
1: Patrick Kane. Oh,
0: a hundred percent. But I think I think that's that's one of those things. Um they they can they can really look at that pairing and that pairing can be a mentor to Dobson and uh Romanoff. And Romanoff can provide Dobson with a little more leash. I think I said that right during right when the signing took place, that having that kind of hard hitting um maybe not stay at home necessarily, but somebody that's gonna work on their offense and where they're hard hitting kind of like uh kind of gnarly play in their own zone could just give Dobson the rope he needs to, to really expand on a 51 point season.
1: Um, yeah. I think, I think Romanov's game is just what they wanted out of Zdeno Chara. He just couldn't play like that anymore.
0: Yeah, It was twice. And then some
1: his age, right. Of course. right. Well, right. But that's, that's the point, right? Like, I think that they want somebody who was defensive minded and, and could make that room for, for him on the ice. Um, they thought it could be, be Chara, but he just couldn't keep the pace. And like everybody who speaks of Romanov that, that has watched him on a nightly basis talks about how his his skating is like in the elite category. like he's a very good skater. Yeah. And watching you know watching the highlights of um, you know his play and, and analyzing some of the, the big hits that he's made, like he doesn't just make big hits for the sake of making big hits. like he'll hit a guy with purpose of taking the puck back for control. Um, he doesn't put himself out of position. Uh, and he has the tendency to – there was this one play uh, against Chicago where uh, Sam Lafferty got behind both he and his defensive partner. And sure enough, he was fast enough and, and good enough a skater to catch up to him. He's a cool. big guy, right? Like, Isn't he like 6'5"? Six, no, no. He's 6'1", uh 209. Okay, so not here. I thought he was, just like, this monster but player. He he upended Alex Petrangelo, who's 6'3", 220. You know, he put him on his ass, and that's the kind of player you're, you're, you're getting in Romanov. And these are purposeful hits. They're not just hits for the sake of hits. He knows when to throw them, and most of the time they result in the – or then Montreal getting the puck back in possession – and bringing the puck back out of out of the other end uh, to the other end of the ice, and it was I, I had a really good time researching some of his best plays because I think that that's the that's what you're gonna see a lot of with him in this system.
0: On the third pair, I'll I, I'll phrase the question very particularly: Is it Salo's spot to lose?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: And uh, who's the, the, the player? Who's the player that he could lose it? too. i I think this is a pretty pointed answer because it is a lot of options
1: i wonder if it's a three player battle i don't i don't know how highly they have cheloski ranked in this depth chart former first round pick highly touted prospect at one point like said to be this prolific power play quarterback who can get just a ton of points from the blue line um did they bring him in to play in Bridgeport or to pad that competition for the sixth spot with Ajo and Salo? I think it's Salo's to lose because I think his ceiling is the highest of the three. I think that at this point in all of their developments, he's probably the best player of the trio. But, you know, if this, this could be like a, a last chance for Chaloski, maybe he comes in a different player, um, not a different player, a better player. Than he was with, I think he was with three teams so far. He was drafted by Detroit, went to Washington, drafted or, or or selected by Seattle. Some weird waiver wire things with Washington and Seattle going back and forth, whatever. But, I mean, this largely could just be his last chance to make it in the NHL. So does he push the needle for both the Salo and Ajo to be better? I think the healthy competition is going to be good for everyone.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I definitely saw it as one way or another – Ajo would get a little time, whether Sal, Sal's spot to lose or otherwise, where Sal sure. would get the majority of the time, but he, he might just need to get eased in. Um, he was kind of thrust into that position last year, and uh, he, he played well. He obviously made some mistakes, but there were a lot of, a lot of situations where he looked really good. Um, so I figured one way or another, it was it was Sal's spots to, spot to lose with, with Ajo kind of being that seventh defender, and I think he'd be okay in that role. The issue that the Islanders have, and the only one like logistically with what you said with Choloski, is that they have a twenty they have twenty-three players on the roster. Granted, they're gonna put panic down in Bridgeport. That leaves that adds two fifty it leaves two fifty of his contract um of thirteen seventy five whatever seventy-five. Um on the cap, and you bring Sallow up, and it's eight hundred. So they're left with like two and a half million or so, maybe a little bit more than that. If you're going to bring up someone like Choloski, you have to have somebody on the IR. It just like the the or they're going to put somebody on waivers, and I have a hard time believing that that's that's going to be the case. So you're yeah. Who if it's if if Chalosky's getting a shot and it's not Sallow, we will know that. Like immediately, because they have to choose who's going to be on the roster. And I don't know what Chalasi's yeah. cap hit is in the NHL, um, but I imagine it's around the seven fifty eight hundred 800K,
1: 762, 500.
0: So that the math works on that for it to work and, and kind of maintain that that little cushion for the Islanders, um, who by the deadline will have close to $11 million. Um, yeah. Do not ask me to explain exactly how all of that works. That's another podcast um with neither of us on it but um <laughs> i don't think either of us math good but i but i think we'll know really early in the season because one of the two players is going to be on the roster on on the opening day roster uh yeah. our opening night roster rather um so it's to me it's selawaho um yeah. they don't have you know i also wrote in any other year if this was the case um and the, and maybe the uh, and Ajo wasn't re-signed i would fully expect a pto um veteran defender signing by by Lamarowa issue is that they simply don't have the room unless they waive Aho it's entirely possible that they go through camp and go this isn't going to work like i know they just they just signed him which would be very very silly yeah. um and again, like you just if, if that was actually going to be the case, you just—you have to shake your head again. Um, you know, one— one step forward, or two steps forward with with a Romanov deal and—and um, and the potential that he brings, and then just like step back, step back, step back. And you're like, you yeah. got to be able to get out of your own way, man. Like it, this is just brutal. But um, if he does get waived, or Bellows gets waived, or whatever the case is, and they do try to bring in a veteran defender because they're just like, we need somebody in there. Well, the this back end is is a lot of vet. it's half veterans at this point so i don't know what they need somebody else in there for to to kind of manage sallow um you can even throw Aho in that to, to some degree uh just as like if you, if the kid needs a break at least you can put somebody in there with mayfield as a third pair it's fine that'd be all right um but it's interesting. It's again Lamarelo kind of like the roster kind of is what it is. There, there, just like are not a lot of moves that you can make. Um, and as it stands right now, I mean, obviously, like I don't expect Panic to be anywhere near the NHL roster unless there's like a billion injuries. I think he got four games last year. I don't even um, think he's
1: going to be with the Islanders organization.
0: Right? He was with Chicago with the the Wolves, the Wolves. Um, for some amount of time last year. Won well, the Calder Cup. Wow, not a big deal. Um, I that was definitely definitely a thing to remember. I don't think you had like a whole bunch of success there. Um, not enough for the owners to be like, hmm, I wonder what he's got. Like, they just don't have the room. And again, if you're gonna, again, I I, just, I don't know where he I don't know where he fits in. And it's a good thing that some of that salary is retained because that that would have been a brutal contract. That yeah, buried. It's yeah. bad enough at almost 1.4 million to just have. You know, kind of sit around. And, granted, it's only 200k on your on the other's cap if, if he's in Bridgeport or somewhere in the AHL. But yeah, I mean, lamar just handed Lambert the roster day one and said, "This is what it's going to be." There's really not a whole lot. That's uh, I'll let you know if there's a trade, but like you'll hear about when everyone else does. This is it. Um, yeah. So it was, I don't think there's a lot of movement there. I think we're. We're looking at the roster going into the season.
1: Um that had to be a conversation too, like you know, before before or upon hiring him. Like this is this is what the roster looks like. What can you do with this? Had to be.
0: I'm curious. I we would we'll never know. I am curious what that conversation was like. I don't know, like, what can you do out of I don't even know that's a fair question, because it's like yeah, well, I'll just I you know, like what what kind of expectations could they possibly put on their team? again? It's, like, it's obviously one of those things, the cup, but that's the same
1: public. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, upon doing the the interview and talking to him about like, OK, let's look at Anthony Bavillier, Why is he not producing? And then he gives all these reasons that, you know, whatever, whatever they were convinced Lamorello, like, OK, you see it. You know why he's not now. I, I believe that you can fix it. you told me you know how to fix it, so go fix it. I think it's like one of those things.
0: I could see that. I could see that. I don't really know I don't really know what could be done. Oh, a lots like more time with top players. Some of that's just between the ears with Villiers, frankly. No yeah, you're right.
1: Um, but it is just a for instance.
0: Yeah, no, I know I don't I don't think that's it's not wrong by by any means I, I i just wonder what kind of expectations like realistic expectations you can put on that um yeah not here and how long before it doesn't work and that's that's kind of where like I don't want to get into like what happens if they're bad by Thanksgiving again kind of conversation it's just too early for that and I don't feel like being depressed just like at the beginning of the season um <laughs> but it's it's i'm sure it's a thought of a lot of people of of what happens and coming and going in this and it's uh, you want to put more positive expectations and energy around yeah. this team simply to just um, erase the bad taste from last season and that that might be it. it. It may just be the expectations may just be kind of what they were the first, Lamoureux's first year and Trotz's first year. That's kind of where I'd put the where, my expectation on this team just be better you really don't have anything to lose. Yeah. After, you know, they know how the fans feel about the offseason and and how bad it was the previous season. Nothing to lose. Come in with a chip on your shoulder. Whole team, from management to um, the trainers. and every, Everybody in between. They all play such an important role. Come in with a good positive energy. Work day by day. That's how I'm going to try to treat treat this season, week to week, day to day. It's it's not worth trying to look two months ahead and strength schedule and this this it's not worth it. What do they got? How are they winning? You know, just like any coach trying to break it down, like win the shift. That they have to, they have to do that. They have to be able to maintain their focus um, and not get not get discouraged. You kind of saw that last season. It was hard not to be. They didn't have any. You know, it the deck was stacked against them. It seemed um, there was just nothing that they could do, even when they were have a 37 goal score. I don't know the last time that happened. Um, in a, in a crazy, like you're a map. Barzell doesn't crack 60 points. Like that's nuts. Um, right. So they, they have some work to do. Um, but like we said, I think we, we know we both think they'll make the playoffs. So they just have to, uh, start like mean, they mean to continue kind of come out of the, they have, they have a, some home stands here. They're not going very far for, for a while. Um, to win some goddamn hockey games. Yep. Um, is late. It is. I'd like to wrap this up. What do you think? Wrap it up, baby. All right. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can watch. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassim and Hockey. We'll try to get the Instagram going back again. I have started doing uh, social media for work, so I've been like super not into doing even more podcasts, podcast, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, You can you can find James work at the fourth period. You can find mine at Hockey Writers. Uh, You can also find James at uh, Highs on Isles. Um, Isles Fix is for sure coming back soon. Um, I imagine sometime in September once training camp and preseason begins, they'll be back. So make sure to sign up for uh, their curated Islanders newsletter. Um, James, bring it home.
1: Until next time, everybody. Let's go Islanders.